Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Hey everyone, I'm Laura Adams, and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. If you're a longtime listener, you know that we cover a wide variety of topics here. It could be credit, debt, investing, real estate, business, taxes, insurance, money management strategies, and lots more. And if you're a new listener, I am thrilled that you are now part of this community, and I hope that you'll stick around by subscribing. With so many people unemployed right now or working fewer hours than they'd like and maybe looking for different types of work that they can do from home, one question that keeps coming up is how to handle medical benefits in these transitions. With the pandemic still raging in many parts of the country, including my home state, Florida, this is not the time to be without health insurance. So no matter if you quit your job, you get fired, you get furloughed, whatever happens, it's essential to know your rights and your options so that you can make the most of the perks with the old employer and make the benefits that you can get in the individual marketplace work to your advantage. So that's what this show is all about. If having medical benefits is important to you, stick with me. You're going to find the notes for each show and the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 646 called Your Guide to Managing Medical Benefits When You Leave or Start a Job. As you know, leaving a job typically means also saying goodbye to workplace benefits. It could be health insurance, medical spending accounts, a whole suite of perks that you typically get when you work for medium or larger size companies. And if you're starting a new job with benefits or you're becoming self-employed, you're going to have some critical decisions to make about what's best for you and your family when it comes to choosing benefits. I recently received several questions about how to handle benefits during these transitions, and I'm going to answer them throughout the show. We'll review the best options for managing your medical benefits when you leave or start a new job. So when it's time to go, when you realize that you're going to be leaving a job, whether it's something that you decide or whether you are just told out of the blue that you are no longer needed, it is essential to understand what your rights are. So if you if you know that you're leaving, make sure that you let your employer know ahead of time so you can evaluate your options for managing or replacing all of your benefits as soon as possible. The sooner you understand your choices, the more time you're going to have 
have to do your homework and consider what's best for you and your family. Any insurance perks that you have typically end on the last day of the month that you get terminated. So you want to be strategic about choosing your last day when that is possible. For instance, let's say you work through November 30th. Your insurance might end on November 30th. But if you work through December 1st, your insurance may last through December 31st. So that would give you a lot more time with your benefits. So that's what I mean when I say be be strategic about your last day. Understand if you would get that full month uh, after you're terminated. Also, remember that most things in business are negotiable. So if you leave an employer on good terms, or maybe you're fired, but you get a severance package, you want to ask for more time, ask for an extra month or two of medical coverage if you need it, and if that's something important to you. So here are four scenarios that you may need to manage when it comes to work transitions. The first one is you leave a job for a new employer With benefits, well, congrats. The benefits at your new job, they could start on your very first day or some companies impose a waiting period. And that could be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. I mean, it could even be six months just depending on the size of your employer. Typically, the larger the company, the more, you know, gracious they are with giving you benefits as soon as possible. If you do have a waiting period where you are going to be uninsured at the old job and you're going to have to wait a while to get medical benefits at the new job, don't roll the dice with a gap in critical coverage. Your health insurance, even your life insurance needs to continue. You know, something unexpected like a car accident, an illness, or a death could happen, and it could be financially devastating for you or your surviving family. If you have a spouse or a partner who also has workplace benefits, you may be wondering which plan to choose or if you can double up on benefits. Keep listening. I'm going to give you some tips for handling this situation wisely coming up. All right, the second situation that you may find yourself in is you leave a job, but your new employer has no benefits. So if your new job is with a small company, it may not offer expensive benefits like health insurance, but that does not mean that you can't get affordable coverage on your own. And we're going to cover that in a moment. Another scenario is you leave a job and you become unemployed. You don't have any prospects in the short term. Again, no matter if your workplace doesn't offer benefits or you're unemployed, there are ways to get coverage. You can get low-cost or no-cost health insurance. We're going to cover more about that. And the fourth scenario is that you leave a job and you become self-employed. So when you work for yourself, you are in charge. You have to provide your own medical benefits, and the same advice is going to apply to you. So keep listening. The first thing is that I want you to know about a critical right that you should be familiar with. It's called COBRA continuation coverage. So this is going to apply if you leave a job where you had group health insurance. COBRA stands for the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. This is a law that requires an insurance company to continue your employer-sponsored medical insurance. And this includes health, 
dental and vision policies after you're no longer employed. So this is a really important benefit that you need to be aware of. If you leave group coverage, you can continue it through COBRA law. Anytime you leave a job, you can purchase COBRA for a certain period, and your benefits administrator should give you information about your right to apply for COBRA coverage. You can purchase basically the same or fewer medical benefits that you had before you left your job, before you got laid off, before you got fired, whatever the situation was. But I have to say, the price will not be the same. Unfortunately, COBRA can be expensive because your previous employer does not subsidize it. In a lot of cases, when you're getting group coverage through your employer, they're actually picking up a portion of your premium. You're not paying the full premium in most cases. So for most people, when you figure out and you see what your COBRA premium is going to be, it may feel like a little bit of sticker shock because it's going to be much higher than you're used to. And in a lot of cases, not only do you have to pay those premiums, but you have to pay an additional 2% administrative charge to the insurer for handling this for you. And while it may be more than you're used to, the upside is that your coverage will be seamless. It's like, you know, you won't skip a beat with your medical insurance and you're going to be very familiar with it. So if it's something that you just need to get you through a few months, even though it's more expensive, it may be well worth it compared to your other options. And it kind of just depends on what your budget is and whether you want to spend a lot of time shopping around. One important point about COBRA that you should understand is that it protects everyone affected by the loss of group health insurance. This includes the former employee, his or her spouse, former spouses, and dependent children when certain qualifying events occur, such as getting terminated or having a reduction in work hours that means you lose your your health insurance. Your coverage for COBRA typically lasts for up to 18 months. And if you are a surviving spouse or divorced from a covered employee, your COBRA coverage may actually last up to 36 months. So what's important is that you should not make the mistake of thinking, well, I'll just wait and get health insurance when I get a new job or when I become eligible after a waiting period. No, do not do that. If you get sick or you need a trip to the emergency room, you could end up with a massive bill. It is just not worth it, especially these days with the pandemic. I mean, you could be in for uh, some incredible bills if you do end up in the hospital with COVID. If you're not eligible for regular federal COBRA, many states offer similar programs they call mini COBRA. And if you want to learn more, I would encourage you to check out your state's Department of Insurance for more information about mini COBRA. Now, if you don't have the option to get COBRA benefits or mini COBRA benefits, or you can't afford it, your next best option is to shop for an ACA-qualified individual health insurance policy. ACA stands for the Affordable Care Act. That sets certain standards for insurance, and these are known as essential health benefits, and it provides subsidies 
for those policies that can make them a lot more affordable. If you qualify for an ACA insurance subsidy, it's based on your income and your family size, and it can definitely make a policy less expensive than COBRA continuation. But if you have high income and you're not going to qualify for any reduced premiums, COBRA may cost you about the same or even give you better benefits for the money. So my advice, as always with insurance, is shop and compare. You really are going to want to look at the cost of COBRA compared to a private policy when possible. Open enrollment for ACA qualified health plans is typically limited to the last few weeks of the year. However, If you lose your group coverage at work, that is one of several life events that qualify you for what's called a special enrollment period, or SEP, that allows you to get coverage. But here's the kicker. You only have 60 days to sign up for an ACA plan after losing your insurance at work. So you can't put it off. You want to go ahead and begin that search, you know, as soon as possible. If you miss the special enrollment deadline, those 60 days, you generally will not be able to get an ACA plan unless you have another qualifying event. And that might include getting married, having a child, or even exhausting your maximum period of COBRA coverage if you have it. You can get quotes for an ACA-qualified health plan from a lot of different places. You can go directly to healthcare.gov. That's the federal healthcare marketplace. If your state has its own healthcare marketplace, you can go directly to your state's site. And these are going to be California, Colorado, Connecticut, the District of Columbia, Idaho, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, or Washington. You can go to insurance aggregator sites such as bankrate.com, and you can go to insurance brokers. Uh, So there are a lot of different places where you can find an ACA-qualified plan. I think certainly shopping online is the easiest way to do it. And depending on your income, your family size, and the state where you live, you may qualify for free or low-cost coverage through Medicaid or through the Children's Health Insurance Program, which is called CHIP. Also, note that if you are younger than age 26, you can enroll in a parent's health insurance plan, even if you don't live at home, even if you're not a dependent, even if you're married and, you know, kind of have your own life, you can still enroll on their plan if they'll have you. But once you reach your 26th birthday, you're no longer eligible. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still 
make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and Powerful Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, next we're going to hear from Jamie, who left me a voicemail with her insurance question. Hi, Laura. My name is Jamie, and I really enjoy your podcast. I am starting a new job soon, and I'm wondering whether or not I should elect to have vision medical benefits and dental benefits because I already have them under my husband's insurance. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how to stack those benefits. Um, Can they be used as a primary and a secondary, and what the benefits would be of that, and also maybe a discussion about how to compare insurance policies when you need to choose between two different plans. Thank you. Bye. Jamie, thank you so much for your voicemail. You know, it's not against the law to have more than one medical policy, one dental policy, but it may be a waste of money. Having more than one medical plan doesn't mean that you get reimbursed twice for covered benefits. What happens is that the plan you get through your employer becomes your primary plan, and then the one you get through a spouse or partner's employer is secondary. After the primary policy covers you, the secondary would pick up any remaining covered cost, but the combined coverage can't exceed 100% of the cost. When you have dual health plans or dual dental plans, you have to pay deductibles for both of them. So in other words, that means you may still have out-of-pocket costs, even if you have more than one policy. So whether you can save money or not by enrolling in more than one medical plan depends on factors like what's the premium, what's the annual deductible, and how high your health care expenses could be in the future. You're going to need to make these same comparisons if you're just choosing between different plans. You know, you're trying to choose, are the plan plans at my employer better or the plans at my spouse's employer better? You kind of are going to have to do a, a, try to do an apples-to-apples comparison, evaluate the monthly premiums, the annual deductibles, co-payments, co-insurance, and also look at the doctor networks. All of those things are going to go into which one is best for your situation. If you're having trouble doing that comparison, I would encourage you to speak to an insurance representative 
from each of the plans that you're considering. Ask them about the types of healthcare services you and your family typically need or have needed in the past. You can't predict how healthy you're going to be going forward. You know, you just have to evaluate your previous expenses for health, dental, and vision care in order to choose what's best or to choose between different plans and to know if having more than one policy is worthwhile. So unfortunately, there's no kind of rule of thumb there. It really just depends on the types of expenses that you typically have and what's going to be covered by each different plan. It's not an easy comparison to make. Um, So, you know, again, ask for help if you need it. I got another question from Adam who asks, my employer makes contributions to my HSA every payday. Do I have to repay them if I leave my job to start my own business? Thanks for that question, Adam. Another insurance-related benefit that you may have at work is a health savings account or HSA. And you've probably heard me talk about HSAs on previous shows. You are eligible for an HSA when you're enrolled in a high-deductible health plan. Having a high-deductible health plan might be a good option for you. You know, it can lower your premiums, and it's good when you're in relatively good health and you're likely to take advantage of an HSA. And the good news, Adam, is that an HSA is portable. So that means you can take it with you if you leave an employer. And that means you take the whole thing. You don't have to give any part of it back. Your account balance, including amounts contributed by your old employer, are yours to spend on eligible medical expenses with no spending deadline. You can spend an HSA on qualified expenses for you or for your family members And, you know, you can even spend it after you don't have a high deductible health plan anymore or you become uninsured. However, if you don't have that high deductible health plan, you cannot make any new contributions to your HSA. You can spend it down, but you just can't make new contributions. And a great way to spend HSA money that a lot of people overlook is that if you become unemployed, you can use your HSA money to pay for COBRA. So that's a great way to spend it if you've got a balance that you saved up, or you can spend it on the cost of other health insurance premiums like your ACA qualified plans if you're receiving unemployment compensation. But it's important to know that if you spend HSA money on non-qualified expenses like, I don't know, groceries or gas, those amounts will be taxed as income Plus, you'll have to pay an additional 20% penalty. So leave those funds in the HSA until you've got qualified expenses. And, you know, if you qualify for an HSA and let's say you get one, you're getting one through your employer and you want to change the bank that you use, you can do that. You can transfer funds. You can do a rollover from one HSA into a different HSA account. You can get an HSA at a whole lot of banks, credit unions, brokerages, specialty institutions. They are very similar to a checking account. They give you paper checks, a debit card, online banking, all that good stuff stuff. And a lot of you downloaded my HSA cheat sheet uh, a few weeks ago, and that's still available. If you want to review the HSA rules, you can download this one-page guide. It summarizes all of the rules, and it's updated for 2020. And to get that free PDF, all you have to do is text HSA tool with no space, HSA tool to the number 33444, and you can instantly 
download this HSA cheat sheet. I think it will help you understand the benefits and and how you can use an HSA wisely. Now, what about an FSA? Uh, A lot of you may have that at a job that you are leaving. This is another medical spending account. These accounts can only be offered by employers, and they are not portable, okay? So you cannot take an FSA with you to spend personally or even to roll over into another FSA, This is the problem with with FSA funds. They are use it or lose it, which means the amounts that you've contributed are going to be forfeited. You're actually going to lose that money if you don't spend them before leaving a job. So make sure you empty your FSA account by spending it on qualified purchases, either before your last day of work or it could be by the end of that same month. You'll want to find out from your benefits administrator what your deadline is for spending those funds. Whether leaving a job is cause for tears or celebration, with a little bit of planning, you can definitely make smart decisions about your medical benefits and hopefully save some money. Thank you to Jamie and Adam for submitting your questions. If you have a money question or a dilemma that you're trying to work out, I would love to hear from you. One option is to join our private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, you can find Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook, or you can send me a text message for immediate access. Just text the word dollars, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to that same number, 33444. I hope to see you in the group. And you can also visit lauradadams.com to email me your money question or suggestion for a future show. And you can even record a voice message just like Jamie did. Call 302-364-0308 to leave your message. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it means a lot to us when you take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That's an easy, free way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.